Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today and this week. Y'all, we have got a week for you, and it starts today with a really special episode. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about one of our incredible sponsors. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know we love therapy around here, and you're going to hear from Dr. Anita Phillips today, who's an incredible therapist. I mean, this episode is basically a therapy session for me. So prepare yourselves for that. Therapy is such a helpful tool in processing grief and trauma. And like we talk about today, emotions. Counseling has had a huge impact on my life. And even when things get busy, I work hard to make sure regular appointments are still a priority. If you've never given therapy a try, consider BetterHelp where your session can be done right from home. BetterHelp is the simplest way to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. We love a quiz. And they match you with a licensed therapist. Finding a therapist that is right for you is so important. And so you can switch therapists any time for no additional charge. So you're sure to be working with someone who's a good match. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and fit in your schedule. One great way to address your like racing thoughts and unprocessed emotions is to talk them through. You're about to hear that. Therapy or a podcast gives you a place to do that. So you can get out of those negative thought patterns and find some mental and emotional peace. Get a break from those racing thoughts with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with Dr. Anita Phillips, and y'all are in for a treat. Dr. Anita is a trauma therapist, a life coach, a minister, and an author. And this book, The Garden Within, is all about navigating our emotions. It is extraordinary. I have told no less than 10 people since this interview that this is the book they need. As an Enneagram 7, you know I'm a no thank you person when it comes to processing feelings, but Dr. Anita blew my mind in this episode. Yes, I cried, and yes, you've basically been invited to my public counseling session, as I've told you. This is definitely a note-taking one, but her new book really covers it all and goes so much deeper. You really want to get this one. It is meant to change your life, and it will. It comes out tomorrow. And you know, I love having authors on the day before their books come out. Well, I'm also an author on the day before my book comes out today. So (laughs) here's a conversation between two authors the day before their books come out. But Dr. Anita Phillips, she's the one for you to hear today. Dr. Phillips, welcome to That Sounds Fun. I am so psyched. I am so grateful to have you here. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something. Okay, so you were just saying, because we have tissues right here because I'm prepared for myself (laughs) and for you. When you have counselors set up their office, Mm -hmm. you got to be able to reach tissues. I always tell a new counselor, make sure your tissue is somewhere within your wingspan. So you can just. And counselor, they um, both have to have wingspan. It doesn't have to be that close to the client if you're. not set up properly, but at least be able to get it to them. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But don't rush with the trash can. And don't even rush with the tissue. Uh-huh. Like, I don't pass a tissue on the first tier that drops because yeah. it's almost like I'm agreeing mm. that this is an uncomfortable situation, that the tears are not welcome, that it's not okay yeah. to get ugly in your release. And yeah. so I usually let them run a little. I might even let a little little snot come in before I start rolling yeah. out with the tissues. Kurt Thompson I doesn't wipe to, his tears. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Let him He run. says it, there's something about just like, because we sat and did an interview after Soul of Desire, and I just, 
this book means so much to me. And he's just crying. And I'm like, we're not wiping our tears. Okay. And he yeah. said, he said he doesn't. Why? Yeah. yeah. So here's my other question. I've been, in, my counselor and I just did our 10 year anniversary. All so right. I've been in therapy for a while. Um, I'm very like thankful. It. Maintenance is mm-hmm. great. And then when I need her, she's there. Can you also tell me, is there a secret about where the clocks are for counselors and for their clients? In terms of the length that they yeah, have where that should they? No, what, where's the clock on eyesight? Oh, gotcha. I usually keep the clock where I can see it. Uh-huh. I don't overemphasize allowing the client to see it. I really want them to be focused. Uh-huh. So, And nowadays, everybody uses their phone. But yeah. I try to make sure that I can keep an eye on it. But I also do longer sessions than average oh, okay. because... I don't know. It just works better for me. I like to have a little more time. So I tend to do an hour and 15-minute sessions. Oh, wow. And if we don't need all that time, it's fine. But yeah. I like the exhale that it gives. Yeah. And that's unusual. Yeah. Um, but it How do you manage still seeing clients privately when your public ministry, it's been big, it is rapidly growing, mm-hmm. there's a new book out, The Garden yeah. Within. How do you manage both? How do you still... Do you trust that the clients are not fans? <laughs> like I actually see very few clients now. Yeah. So I have a caseload cap of four. Oh, wow. And because I am traveling so much, because I do so much, I'm not able to ethically provide that weekly need that someone may have. And so the clients that I do see, I've either had for a while Mm -hmm. or I make sure that they are experiencing challenges within a range that would be okay for us to work together right. considering the demands on my life. Right. Now, You're like, I can't have you in your like yeah. lowest low. Right, that's right. Not, that's in this season. Yeah, because <laughs> ethically I want to be able to be responsible. And yeah. so I do more coaching now than anything. Yes. And um, I try to make a safe space for people who have a harder time finding a safe space. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I'm a pastor's kid. I would see my mom who definitely would, be, would have been a therapist if she'd been born in my generation – I'd see my mom counsel pastors and their wives. They've come to the house at 11 at night. Wow. And us kids knew you didn't see that. You don't speak of it. But they were looking for safe harbor. Sometimes it's hard for people who everyone else is watching to find someone to watch over them. Yes. And so it left something in my heart that I wanted to one day be that kind of safe place. Mm-hmm. And so I don't see too many clients, but the ones that I do see generally are people who really need a safe place yeah. in a special way. And it's um, an honor to do that. Will you explain the, if your mom had been born in this generation, this is what she would have done? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think my mom has a very natural capacity for uh, making people feel safe enough to talk. And she's good at straight shooting, but also from the heart. And so people feel loved as well as told the truth. And so... But she couldn't do it 50 years ago? I don't know that she couldn't. You know, my mom's a black woman who was born in 1943. Yeah. Uh, she had different opportunities yeah. than I have, um, both as a black person and as a woman. You know, I was born in 1973. So civil rights movement in 68. And then in 73, or might have been 72, it was passed in law that a woman could get credit without a male co-signer. So when I think about being born right there, right. my my opportunities as both a black person and a woman mm-hmm. really exploded mm-hmm. right around the time I was born. And yeah. so I think that if she had grown up in a different time, also exposed to different things, right? Mental health and illness weren't a conversation back then. Right. It was not what it is now. Yeah. And to be able to see examples of that, there yeah. weren't really examples of that. Yeah. And so I had it's that funny, opportunity. It's funny because we watch a lot of men right now mm-hmm. who blow up their lives publicly, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of Christian men. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm having women have conversations with me of 
why aren't we seeing women do that? Mm. And and I think there's two paths. I think one path is women blow up differently. Yes. We we go out like a like the end of a campfire versus a fireworks show. Also, Just run we out of haven't gas. been doing this long enough <laughs> to have people. Yeah. You know, we have such a shorter window of women leading in the church. That's in very true. A lot of no, that's streams, very true. Not in every stream, but mm-hmm. in a lot of the streams I'm in, mm-hmm. women have led for such a short amount of time. You're like, just give us some time. Yeah, yeah. We don't know how to blow this thing up yet. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't have people ahead of us who have done it, who that's have blown very it up. True. We don't have the mass of leaders ahead of us like men have the mass of leaders ahead of them. That's very true. So I'm like, just give it a minute. Give me time. Listen, <laughs> give me time and my counselor not having any space and I'll do it. I'll handle it for you. Okay. We've got to talk about the garden within Dr. Yeah. Phillips. Here's the thing. I am super scared of this conversation. I'm an Enneagram seven. Aww. So emotions aren't my, like, I don't, Suzanne Stabile says sevens have to pack a suitcase to find their feelings. Mm-hmm. And that is very true for me. So I don't, feelings aren't what I go to. I go to what I think. Mm-hmm. I also am coming off of a surgery that was really surprising Mm. and cost me body parts Mm. and particularly one of my ovaries. And Mm. I'm not married yet, don't have kids yet. So there's a lot to process. There's a lot attached to that. Yeah, sure. And there, and I, I have not, I would like to say I have not had time. Mm. What is probably the truthiest statement is I have not made time Mm -hmm. to feel anything. Mm. And then I read your book and now I'm so scared of what you're going to do to me in this 40 minutes or how private this is going to be mm-hmm. that is a public conversation. Mm. So I guess I want to start with why do we feel the way we feel about how we feel? Listen. <laughs> when I read that sentence, I went, that's my question. Why do I f- – why am I so um, anti-digging into what just happened and what that makes me feel? Well, I will answer two ways. First of all, just already tears <laughs> culturally. Well, let's stop right there, right? Yeah. We are designed for connection. We heal in connection. There's something very special about connection. And so to sit down in a safe place with someone who you feel trust for, yeah, immediately opens us up. Yes. And so it's not that the emotions aren't there. And my experience is that sevens are actually Highly emotional because they're so yes. relational, yes. and that's where where it flows. Yes. And so, before I start explaining those things to the mind, I, I'd love for you to maybe just take the risk to talk about what you feel right this minute. Yeah, uh, I, ha- I tears are in my throat, mm. and when you're saying that, I'm thinking the only time I've teared up talking about this has been with one guy at church who is on staff named Goose. And he said, how are you doing? And he's like a brother to me. And and we were in the sound booth so or in the sound room, so mm-hmm. there weren't anybody else around. Mm-hmm. And I then on Sunday, I thought, why am I going to cry on Goose? Of all the people, I, like my family's asked me, but and this friend that we love each other a lot, he's where I'm going to cry. So you're right. I'm feeling that like I trust you. Yeah. And And so – and I think what I feel is I'm afraid there's – too many feelings mm-hmm. for me to even start. Yeah. I'm afraid if I start into the garden, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I get into this, I don't know how to get out. Yeah. And so I haven't even opened the doors because I'm scared I I'm scared it will derail me. Yeah. I think that's a really common fear. Uh, a lot of us are afraid of feeling because mm-hmm. it's intense, because there's power there. Emotions are like the water flowing through a garden. Oh, that part. I 100%. wrote it down. 100%. The water, the water and the emotions in chapter two. Yeah, that's it's the water. unbelievable. 
let it flow. And our bodies are the same way. I talk about this in the book. Water flows with emotion in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Tears flow when we feel strong emotions. Sometimes there's sadness in the tears. Sometimes there's joy in the tears. We sweat when we're nervous. Our mouth gets dry. The saliva leaves. And so the flow of water in our bodies also reflects emotion, and it does in the garden as well. And I think what is this beautiful opportunity to see is what Jesus presented. Uh Jesus was incredibly emotional. And every time Jesus expressed a strong, painful emotion, spiritual power was always close behind. Wow. And I, when I first saw that in the Word, it just completely rocked me. And it brought me to that question. Why do we feel the way we feel about how we feel? Because yes. look at Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is standing outside Lazarus' tomb with tears streaming down his face. Yes. He's crying in public, yes. which all of us have learned to avoid. Yes. And then he raises Lazarus from the dead. So he releases this emotional pain and then spiritual power. And it was okay for him to express that. Jesus knew that he had the power to raise Lazarus. He knew that he would one day be in a tomb like Lazarus and that his father would raise him. But even knowing the outcome, he still released the pain he felt. Mm. And so often we feel like that's not faith. Well, if I knew, if I really believe what God was going to do, I wouldn't be crying right now. Well, then Jesus wouldn't have been crying. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's one of my favorite parts of this book is in almost every chapter you go, now let's talk about mental health and your faith. Let's talk about it. Now let's talk about fear. And now let's talk about trauma and faith. So we're going to go because you tying those, I think that is part of the fear of if I unwind this thing and God doesn't end up being who I thought he was or this messes up something for me and God— I'm unwilling. Yeah. I'm unwilling to hit, have my faith run into this trauma, yeah. whatever the trauma is. Absolutely. Is that common or am I? No, it's yeah. 100% because spirituality, religion, faith is about the way that we make sense of our world. Mm-hmm. It's how we apply meaning to things. It's how we predict what's coming. It's how we understand it. And when something happens that shake that frame... It can make us pretty nervous because what if I can't explain this? How will I, who will God be then for me? And there are so many Christians living with a a part of their garden is sealed off to God. Yeah. Because it's like, if we let them over there, I don't know what that's, how that's going to be. So we'll just live in these parts, but we won't go to that part. But God is looking for us there. Yeah. Just like he looked for Adam and for Eve. He's looking for us there. And so here we are living in these fearfully and wonderfully designed bodies that have an outlet system Mm -hmm. in our emotional lives, in our tears, and we resist. Mm -hmm. We resist the use of the system. If I start crying, I'll never stop. It's actually not true. You will will eventually (laughs) stop. 20 minutes or so, (laughs) you're going to just run out because your body is going to recalibrate itself and tears help bring us into into a state of equilibrium. Mm -hmm. But the pain is scary. Mm -hmm. The questions that it brings up are scary. Is that true for a lot of people or is that like a – Sometimes I feel like there's personalities that handle wh- that are not afraid. I, I think there are some people who are naturally less afraid just in terms of their temperament, but it also could have to do with their culture, their personality, how they grew up. Mm-hmm. I want to ask people to look at the lessons they've learned about emotion, mm-hmm. especially in their religious spaces. Yeah. And so one of the reasons we feel the way we feel about how we feel really goes back to some early cultural stuff. There was a philosopher named Plato, 
And he didn't care much for emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thought love was cool, platonic yes, love. Yes, as a matter yes. of fact, people don't even realize Plato is the base of platonic, yeah, yeah. platonic love and compassion. But any of the emotions that brought that intensity, that strength, he felt like they were unruly passions and they needed to be gotten rid of. And then uh, his ideas were ultimately absorbed into the work of some of the earliest church theologians and fathers and became a part of the definition of Christian perfection. Wow. And so for all of these years, it, this idea has perpetuated that one of the elements of Christian perfection is the absence of emotional movement. Mm-hmm. Yet we are rescued by a Jesus who was moved in his bowels, the Bible says, in his yes. gut yes. with compassion, who cried, who flipped tables, whipped folks, went off, yelled, yeah. cried in Gethsemane. P- pitiful. Jesus yeah. was pitiful in Gethsemane. Yeah. He wasn't in there like, oh, Father, you know, if this cup could pass, it'd be cool. Paul says that with strong crying and tears, he sought the one that could save him from death. And so Jesus expresses all of this intense pain in his emotional space. I never have him on record repenting. Ever. Yeah. So that means no emotion is a sin. Yes. Because... Hebrews 4.15 says we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He felt everything we feel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then was tempted in every way, yet without sin. So if Jesus felt every emotion that we feel and he never sinned, no emotion is a sin. No emotion is a faith failure. Mm -hmm. It is not wrong to feel. And it must mean, I'm having this realization while we're sitting here, even he was tempted to hide his feelings. If I'm he was sure he had way, to be. That's true. I'm sure he, he had to be. he was tempted to hide and chose not to. Sure, yeah. sure he had to be. You know, grow, I grew up in the church. And mm-hmm. growing up like this, when you think about when Adam and Eve hid from God and when you're talking mm-hmm. about hiding in the garden, mm-hmm. we're always kind of taught, like, let God into every room in your house. Mm-hmm. And that one that you've put to the side, that you've locked the door. Growing up, what I caught or what was taught was that room was full of sin. Right. That was your deep, darker secret sin. So once you get your secret sin out, you don't have any of those rooms anymore. And then you're sitting here going, Annie, you kind of have a room that's just your emotion. It's pain. It's a level yeah. of emotions you don't want to go to and exactly. you don't go to that room. And I'm exactly. Like, oh, that's problematic. Yeah. Yeah, that's real, yeah. though. Thank you for ex- for expressing that, because I'm sure some people are like, ooh, me too. I just didn't know. And it. that's been my experience as I've moved through the body of Christ talking about this. It's our cultural view of emotion that we are wrestling with and we have found a scripture to slap on it and Mm -hmm. say that it's God's view. Mm -hmm. And so we love to quote scriptures about the mind. Oh man, do we love it. But before the mind comes the heart. I have this in the book, but I encourage everyone, do a little, little scripture search. King James Version, the word, anytime you find a verse that has the word heart and mind, you will see that the word translated as heart comes first Mm, and the word mind comes second. Every single time the state of the heart influences the state of the mind. If you find verses that have heart and spirit, you will find that heart precedes spirit in those verses. Heart and body, anything that's related, Mm. all precedes. And so, for instance, Proverbs 15, 13 says, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So now it's not only preceding it, but there's a relationship relationship, there. My broken heart can break my spirit. And there are so many people who are brokenhearted and they don't pay attention until their spirit's broken. Uh And then they try to repair their spirit. 
They try to pray harder, fast, read some more Bible, go to a conference, and you try and get your spirit taped back together, and that's fine, except the heart that broke is still broken. What is your hourly rate? Because I'm going to have to cut that check at the – I'm just going to Venmo you at the end of this. You're right, because as a spiritual person, I think if something feels broken spiritually, I need to fix the spiritual problem. But what Scripture says and what you teach in the book and you're teaching us now is that what is actually true is if the spirit is broken, there's a heart problem. The heart probably broke it. There's a heart pain. And we always talk about the heart as this good or bad thing. We talk about it in terms of like motive and honesty. But your heart. the heart is deceitful. Right. Oh, my gosh. This one scripture taken totally out of context. Right. Right. Making me crazy. But that is not an absolute about the heart. It doesn't. First of all, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Jesus identifies the soil in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13. Jesus. Oh, you dig into that Listen, in here. Listen, the parable of the sower is everything. Soil, that's the spoiler alert that we ain't talking about. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. For that first, first Man, soil, the but. parable of the sower is everything. Yeah. He shows us four kinds of soil, and he explains the distinctions between the three soils that are struggling in emotion terms. Mm-hmm. There's wayside soil. It's hard. It's packed dry. It's dry. No water. Mm-hmm. The seed of the word falls on it. Nothing happens. There's no connection. There's no water. There's no emotion. But in the stony ground, he says it starts out with joy mm-hmm. and then anger comes in. Yes. And then in the thorny ground, he describes fear. And so Jesus is literally describing the heart in emotion terms. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a figure of speech. Jesus is talking about your emotional life. But it doesn't mean that those emotions are sinful to have because Jesus expressed every one of those emotions in his life on earth. It's that when we hold them, when we repress them, Mm -hmm. when we, quote unquote, manage them, we are actually not allowing them to flow through, and that is what's damaging the soil. Because wow. good ground is simply fertile ground, and the ground cannot be fertile without water. You need faith and feelings mm-hmm. for a word to become truth in your heart, whether that's a scripture or what someone else says to you. Wow. Uh, when I was a new mom, I was terrified. I didn't think I had the genes, the, 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 the makeup, the whatever, to be a good mom. I just didn't think I had it. And that was a part of my own trauma, but that's what I believed. Mm -hmm. And so if someone had said to me, man, you're doing a terrible job. I don't think you're a good mom. My heart would have been fertile ground for that word. (laughs) Right. It would have taken root quick because I would have had faith. Because faith just means I believe this is possible. Yep. And hope means it's possible for me. Mm. It can go in any direction. So I would have had faith and hope that that word was the truth. Yep. And hope is a feeling. We love to call it a mindset, but it begins as a feeling. We can talk about that. Yep. That seed would have taken root in my heart. I'm not a good mom. If someone said that to me today, you've been a terrible mom. I would laugh. Like, are you talking to me? I'd be looking over my shoulder. Who are you right, talking to? Right. I know that I'm a good mom. So my heart is not fertile soil for that word. Wow. And we spend so much time sometimes with the word, whether it's scriptures or affirmations or confessions or whatever you do, and it's not taking root because I'm not willing to talk about what's happening in my heart. Mm -hmm. Is my heart fertile ground for Mm -hmm. what I want to believe? Mm -hmm. And is it super fertile for what I don't want to believe? But my emotions come down to my, it comes down to my emotions. Where am I emotionally right now? Mm -hmm. Not any of us, not one of us gave our lives to Jesus in a stoic decision. That's right. It was not a business it decision. It was not for a any business decision. Yes. Yes. It was a heart decision. Yes. It was he met me in my sadness. He met me in my fear. He rescued me in this. I felt peace for the first time. Yeah. It was all heart. Yeah. That's where Jesus wants to live. And so for the Bible to describe the soil 
uh, describe the heart as soil speaks to how much it's valued. The entire earth is covered with soil. Yes. It's the source of everything. Life uh, in terms of wow. food and the, it's, the soil is everything. And that's how God feels about us. Jesus described himself as a seed. Mm-hmm. That's how much he loves yes. your heart. Yes. I want. I'm, he loves you so much. He's like, I'm a seed. You yes. soil, I'm going to be a seed, baby. Yes. That's how much I love yes. you. We really need to see our hearts the way that Jesus does, not the way that our culture has trained us to do. And stop believing that a painful emotion means I've either done something wrong or I'm sinning or falling short or that my faith is not strong enough, that this is a weakness. Emotions simply give me information about what I need. Wow. Emotions are how I know I need something. Yeah. Um, a painful emotion. Of course, we don't have problems with the good emotions, like the ones we love. <laughs> right, right. But emotional pain, when I'm sad, I need connection. And you know what's interesting mm-hmm. is that for people who have been independent for a long time, uh-huh. to need right. is really hard. That's the hard because, part. Because mm-hmm. uh, you... If I need someone to change a light bulb, so what? Right. So what? Tell me more. Right. What am exactly. I supposed to do? Right. I got to <laughs> do something, you know? <laughs> you know? But uh, so to need, if my emotions are revealing my need, mm-hmm. maybe my fear is that my needs are too big. 100. Okay. 100. Okay. And we have been taught that neediness is bad. Unattractive. And I want yes. us all to be needy. Yes. I recognize that I need connection. I need relationship. I recognize that I need a sense of value and worth. Mm-hmm. And when I feel angry, very often anger is a sign that you are not being valued wow. or treated in a way that you are worthy of being treated. Mm-hmm. Someone has crossed a boundary yeah. and anger is legit. If I see someone picking on a child, abusing a child, that makes me angry because that child is more valuable than yes. the behavior. Yes. You know, so yes. anger is, the pure anger is related to value. That's why we saw how Jesus responded about how the temple was being yeah, treated. Right. The value is not being attributed right. here. Fear says, I need to feel safe. I need to feel safe and I right. don't feel safe right now. Right. So that to me, that stands out about you in the surgery. When something suddenly happens to our body, mm-hmm. it undermines our sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Am I safe inside my body? I mean, that's big. People, yeah. we don't talk about enough that people who have survived a cancer or a car accident, things that made their bodies, um, traumatize their bodies, that you can lose a sense of safety inside your own body. Mm-hmm. And that's very disconcerting. Yes. And then when it affects something that's very valuable to you. Like, I'd like to have children. And is this another another sign, so yes, to speak, yes, that yes. I will not have this? And right. what does that mean? It's jarring. Mm-hmm. And so we want to feel safe. And when we're aware of that fear, we don't like it. So we push it away. That's why when I was reading your book, I was like, let's talk about our feelings. No, thanks. Oh, let's yeah. talk about our body. No, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Double no thanks. Get out of my business. This whole book. Listen, our I mean, bodies gosh. are indicators. We have to love on our bodies. That's it. I mean, your whole section, the whole part about the drawings you have mm. of the two bodies, it, where it's like, could you please love your body because it is telling you everything. Everything. It is telling you everything. We are embodied gardens. Yes. And... I have had I've been carrying those illustrations around in my heart for years. Yes. What it meant to me to find an artist to get that on paper. Yeah, they're beautiful. I'm uh, like, will you sell those as prints? I, I actually think I might just because okay. so many people have asked me. Yes. And I would hang these in my house. It would mean they're something. Beautiful. I want people to see it. People, what we're talking about is in the center of your body, uh, there's a portion of your nervous system called your parasympathetic nervous system. Yes. And right. when the parasympathetic nervous system is activated, it brings us into a state of calm, a state of 
openness, a state of peace, all of the feelings we love to have. We have another ner- part of our nervous system called the sympathetic nervous system. And a lot of people have heard of that. Yes. That's the fight, flight, free system. Yes. Yes. It revs up when something is demanding something from us on the outside. Yes. And that demand could be a work deadline or it could be a bear yeah. on the hiking trail. <laughs> yeah, it's right. a demand. Right. And I like to bring that up because as Christians especially, but not just Christians, we struggle with the same thing that people who don't That's follow right. Jesus struggle sure, with. And nobody likes to be scared. Yeah. But we don't rebuke the fear when it's a bear. Right. We don't rebuke it when it's a car jumping out of the wrong lane and you're trying to swerve to, to save your life. We yes. don't say, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have been afraid of that. Mm-hmm. We only say that when we're afraid in relationships and yeah. in taking chances. Yeah. Then we want to rebuke it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So like, let's pull back the lens here. Look at the big yes. picture. Yes. Fear is a human emotion. It's not a sin to experience the emotion of fear. Mm-hmm. But many of us have a fear of feelings. Mm-hmm. But you're still feeling. Yeah, they're still there. They're still there. But that being said, when that sympathetic nervous system revs up, it doesn't have an off switch. It will stay on. So that's what happens when people talk about your serotonin being high or something. Um, or, you're just uh, hypervigilant. Yes. Yeah, your like cortisol, you're your stress cortisol, hormone. That's yes, it. yes. You just never get it's a break. It's just you because never. You're, once you start flight, you're flight. You're flighting until, or you're fighting or you're frozen. Yeah. You can stay in that what we call slightly hypervigilant state kind of all the time. And mm. if you experience trauma, especially in your early years of your life, it can damage the nervous system in a way that it doesn't allow us to flow easily from our painful demand emotions to our um, peaceful, more pleasurable emotions because our body is meant to help regulate that flow. It's not regulated by the mind. It's regulated by the body. We really have bought a lie that our minds are king. That right. our mind is on the throne, right. that you 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 have to get your mind think right, your change your this. mind, think yeah. your way out of yeah. this. It is not true. Thoughts do not precede emotions. Emotions precede thoughts. Wow. Not only has the Bible been saying that the entire time, <laughs> right. but now <laughs> neurobiology is proving it, right. that actually our emotional state fuels our thoughts. So if you consider your thoughts are plants, water is your emotion. Water gives plants their shape. That's why when your plant is wilting, what do you do? You water it. And where do you put the water? At the roots. On the soil. Yeah, on the soil. Right. Right on the soil. You don't spray it on the leaf. (gasps) No, no. You put it in the soil. Pour it down the center of the trunk. No, you put it right on the soil. You put it in the ground. That's how you get there. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation to share about one of our amazing partners, Haya Health. This one is for my mini BFFs. Listen, I know when you mentioned taking vitamins to your kids, nobody's interested, but this is where Haya Health comes in. They're the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamins that actually taste good for kids and are good for them too. While a lot of kids' vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet even the picky eaters approve. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with the great taste they love. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and then filled with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, all of it. Haya is sent straight to your door so you don't have to worry about another thing on your shopping list. And your kids get to decorate the bottle with these really fun stickers, which are so cute. So we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. 
receive 50% off your first order. Now, to claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash that sounds fun. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash that sounds fun and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. And one more amazing partner to tell you about, Relief Band. Listen, if there is turbulence on a plane or if I'm on a road trip and the roads get windy, you better get me my Relief Band quick. Nausea is the worst feeling ever. And whether you're prone to motion sickness or fighting morning sickness, congratulations, or you're going through chemo, Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting. Plus, you can even use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a Relief Band. Yes. And this thing works, you guys. If you need everyday nausea relief or just an occasional cure from nausea because you're going on a boat. Their patented technology makes feeling sick a thing you don't have to deal with. You can skip the nausea pills that make you groggy and exhausted because Relief Band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea so your trip isn't ruined and neither is your day. Plus, you get to change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. So if you want the Relief Band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for our That Sounds Fun friends. If you go to reliefband.com and use the promo code that sounds fun, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. So head to R E L I E F B A N D.com and use the promo code that sounds fun for 20% off plus free shipping. Okay, now back to our conversation with Dr. Anita. And so it makes so much sense. So when Jesus says, soil is the heart, the plant is our mind. That's why our neurons look like plants. Mm-hmm. God gave us a map to understand this. That part is crazy. When you draw when you draw that in here. It's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> I, I don't understand how how everyone hasn't said this. I don't like, either. The Lord gave this to you for us. Listen, this is, I don't know why. He's showing us. I mean, even the, there are illustrations all throughout this of like, this is what nature looks like. And here is and what, here's is what your, your body, body looks like. Yes. Our neurons literally look like plants. It's neurons crazy. are brain cells, nerve cells, and we use them to create thoughts. So yes. neurons just pass information between them until they form a thought. We have mm-hmm. 70,000 thoughts a day. They look like plants. And so the first time I saw that, I'm just froze. I said, God. How do I skip this? It was a real faith moment for me. Like if I believe in the God of my Sunday school books and I believe he made plants on the third day and us on the sixth day and my plants and these neurons look alike, Mm -hmm. did God just run out of molds? Did he just feel like I'll reuse this pattern? Mm -hmm. Or did he leave us information that he knew we wouldn't even see? For thousands of years. years. We wouldn't have the science to see it. We wouldn't have the science to see it, right? So in Romans 1.20, when Paul says, that which may be known of God is clearly seen being understood by the things he made. When I saw that neuron looking like a plant, I said, God's (laughs) trying to teach us something in what he made. And I love that verse because in every version of the Bible, it sounds pretty much the same. It's not a hard one. Clearly seen Mm -hmm. being understood by what he made. So he made plants and then he made neurons. And put those those inside of me. So he planted a garden within me. But the question isn't then about the plants and the mind. The question is, where's the plant planted? Mm. You can't define a plant outside of where it's planted. It's called a plant. It's planted. It's defined by the ground. And so, God, where is the ground? And that's where the Spirit took me to to the parable of the sower. Jesus shows us seed, soil, plant, fruit, spirit, heart, mind, body. Believe, feel, think, do. Wow. That's how we were constructed. Wow. It's so simple. 
It is and I've been in blowing. school. I went oh. to school for years. Oh, exactly. Keep pushing the button. It's mind blowing. I yeah. went to school for years. And it was the simplest thing. This is how we were created. Wow. This is how it works. Beliefs, emotions. Seeds go into the soil. Mm-hmm. When the seed takes root, it becomes a belief. It goes from being something you heard to something you believe. Mm-hmm. So the seed, soil, plant, fruit, belief, feelings, thoughts, behaviors. Just remember that. Everything's happening to the soil. The soil must have what the seed needs. So I have to have something in my heart. The the soil must have what the seed needs. So I need something in my heart to believe what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. And we get scared when we have the big stuff that we want to believe and we're struggling to because we almost don't want the final answer because what if the answer's no? What if the answer is it won't be what I hope it will be? Jesus got to know. Jesus got to know. Yeah. In Gethsemane. And he was and he was stressed. (laughs) You know, he shows us what that means. But he also shows us what it means for God to minister to our need. Mm -hmm. Jesus asked to have that cup pass from him to not be crucified because that would have met the need that he had in his human body to feel safe. But God sent an angel to strengthen him. And he got safety in that moment instead. Mm-hmm. He gets up from his face of tears in Gethsemane and walks down. The soldiers are there waiting for him. They looking for Jesus. He gets the, the betrayal kiss. Where's Jesus? He says, I am he. Mm-hmm. And he's so powerful in that moment that saying I am he knocks hundreds of soldiers off their, off feet. their feet. Five the minutes ground. ago, right. he was on the ground yes. crying and begging God for a break. And then look at this. Mm-hmm. Our emotional pain is not mutually exclusive with our spiritual power. We have to stop believing that our painful emotions mean that I'm not powerful right now. Mm-hmm. Look how fast that happened. Yes, Crying at the tomb raising from the dead, flipping tables in the temple, healing people miraculously, crying and begging for a break in Gethsemane, knocking people down with his voice. Yes. It happened. Boom, boom. Every time he allowed those emotions to flow through, spiritual power followed. And so we have to stop seeing those moments as breakdowns. Mm -hmm. They are steps on the way to breaking through. Yes. Breaking through. Right. And when That's Jesus did it, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't. But, uh, you're right. It doesn't. You're right. But the we science would, is telling me the truth. <laughs> but we describe that as a breakdown. Yeah. Oh, I finally broke down. I had a breakdown. Yeah. But we would never say that about Jesus. Jesus no. had a breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> no, we would never say that about Jesus. So be like Jesus. I actually wouldn't say that about anybody I love. I wouldn't say you had a, you right. have a breakdown. Just say it about yourself. You just, yeah, it's just us. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. I only say it about me. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, I feel like I'm roaming. I'm roaming. Oh, but no, this is unbelievable. How do our bodies get healthier as our emotions get healthier? How does it affect our bodies? Does it change our shape? Do we, they do we are, get bigger muscles? Does it, what, what happens? They are one and the same uh, because emotions are bodily experiences. Mm-hmm. So you guys just heard me say, emotions are not the result of thoughts. We've, we've believed that our thoughts create our emotions. And so if we stop thinking a certain way, we won't have the we emotions we don't want. Right, is, but if stinking thinking causes emotional pain, then that means Jesus had stinking thinking. And he didn't. And he didn't. Yes. So since we know Jesus was thinking right, we're okay. Emotions are bodily experiences. The reason he felt everything we felt is because he had a human body. Mm-hmm. Our autonomic nervous system is the seat of our emotional experience. So I define emotion very simply as this. An emotion is the impact that a situation has on your body and your brain, and your brain is a part of your body. So when I walk into a room and someone threw me a surprise party, oh my gosh, the impact of that situation is butterflies and maybe a little heart racing and a smile on my face, and I call that joy. Yeah. 
And when I maybe have to speak in front of a crowd that's really big and different and I'm nervous and that means my stomach is feeling kind of tight and I think I have to go to the bathroom and my heart feels a little constricted, I feel those things in my body and I call that anxiety. And so what's happening in my body, we name that, but because we disconnect from our bodies, we miss stuff. And so an emotion is a bodily experience. It's a response in your autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so as we strengthen our autonomic nervous system and continue to engage the parts of our emotional life that we have ignored in the past, our body gets better at flowing in and out. Mm -hmm. And so we are able to process those emotions through our bodies and our nervous system gets really good at allowing the pain to flow through and then bringing us back into equilibrium. That parasympathetic nervous system, it's a tree of life in the center of you, wakes up and brings you back. It's not about avoiding the pain by trying to rush to that. It's about allowing it to flow through Mm -hmm. and then allowing ourselves to come back to equilibrium. And so as we fear emotion less, as we get in touch with our bodies more, we will find that we actually can do this. And it's the key to your most powerful life because the seeds of the word are powerful. And in order for me to unleash the full power of those words, the soil needs to be as fertile as possible. Mm -hmm. I want you to think of it as fertile, not good or bad, but fertile. And that means that I'm emotionally well. That means I'm aware of, I acknowledge, and I experience my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I allow them to flow through. And a lot of times we want to skip the experience part. Yeah. We intellectualize. Thank them. you for saying we. Yes. You could say you, hey, but you thank you for saying we. I haven't always been like this. This was a journey for me. Right. I, I'm and an Enneagram. Me 10 years I'm a five. After. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. You just research everything. I'm a that's, five. That's, what that's I how do. this happened. That's, that's how, happened. how this happened. Now I understand. The garden within listen, happened because you wouldn't stop researching until you got to the bottom. If you got, listen, yes. for my Enneagram people, that should just tell you get the book now. That's, that's exactly and if right. If you do try exactly types, right. I'm an 854. Yeah, yeah. Which, is the, which literally says, this type, this tri-type creates inner maps yeah. to describe how yes. people work. Which, which is blew me in my body. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, That's am amazing. I doing anything or I'm just a machine running? It's yes, like personality. Yes. I love personality. It's so <laughs> wonderful. It's so wonderful to know how we're built yes. so that we can just do the best with yes. what we have. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, Indeed. Indeed is who we use when we're hiring, and they have never steered us wrong. They do the hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. This is so important when you're already short on bandwidth. They're the experts at helping us find the best fit for the roles we want to build our teams with. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. They can help you attract, interview, and hire on one place so you don't have to spend your valuable hours digging through multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. Instead, you can do it all and fast with Indeed. You can reclaim your time and find top talent fast with Indeed. Their suite of powerful hiring tools like assessments and virtual interviews allow you to find top talent fast. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than the candidates who only see it in a search, according to U.S. Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Offer is good for a limited time, so claim your $75 credit right now at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. That link and pretty much every other link you could ever hope for are in the show notes, or we send them out in Friday's AFD Week in Review, so be sure to check those out. 
And I have one last amazing partner to tell you about, Thrive Cosmetics, y'all. I love Thrive. You know this. Whether you're like a fresh-faced look or a full glam girl or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know, the one in the turquoise tube all over your socials, including my Insta stories. You've definitely seen me talk about it. Their Liquid Lash Extension Mascara, y'all, not only does it make my lashes look longer and fuller, but it lasts all day without smudging or flaking. Yes, amen. Considering it has 25,000 five-star reviews, I know I'm not the only one who loves it. Plus, when it is time to take your makeup off, it is so easy. The mascara slides right off with just warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. It is the best-selling product from Thrive Cosmetics and I get it. I get why. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. Go give their mascara a try or check out some of their other bestsellers like their Brilliant Eye Brightener or their new Impactful Semi-Permanent Smoothing Lipstick O. Y'all, I'm so, you know how I feel about lipstick. It's an everyday joy for me. And I am very excited about this. So if you're tired of the same old makeup, or if you just want to try the product that thousands of us are raving about, now is the time. It's season shifting makeup talk. Let's go. Try Thrive Cosmetics and see for yourself. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash TSF. That's thrivecosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash TSF for 20% off your first order. And now back to finish up our conversation with Dr. Anita. Yeah, so emotion is not my first stop yep. by temperament. Yes, me. Either. I wasn't right. born with that kind right. of temperament. But as I pursued an understanding of illness in scripture, because that's how it started. And mm-hmm. I share this in the book. Mm-hmm. I was raised with a sister who had a serious mental illness in a pastor's family. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And so I wanted to understand illness, but God took me on a journey to understand wellness first. Mm-hmm. How did he create us to flourish, to function? Yeah. So before we got to the parable of the sower, we were in the Garden of Eden. Yes. And the garden shows how we were meant to live, how we were meant to flourish, how all our parts work together. Mm-hmm. You can't separate your mind and your heart and your behavior. It's all together. Yeah. What's in the soil brings the seed alive. What's in the soil nourishes the plant. And what's in the soil ends up in the fruit. What's in the soil ends up in the fruit. Let me tell you, we have misunderstood wow. the fruit of the Spirit. Wow. I believe we've misunderstood or under-understood it yeah. in that we think of the fruit as the thing, the action. But a fruit can be more nutritious or less nutritious based on what nutrients were in the soil. Mm. So nitrogen, for example, it's yeah. a nutrient that we need in our bodies. We have to eat to get it. If there's not nitrogen in the soil adequately, there won't be adequate nitrogen in the fruit. So I can be biting this fruit, but it doesn't have the nutritious value that it needs. That's why people have to put fertilizer. Right. And where do we put it? Everything in the soil. In the soil. soil. We put it on the heart. We don't paint it on the. um, We don't paint it on the fruit. We put it in the soil. We put it in the soil. Everything goes to the heart. And so, if there's kindness in my heart, that's going to dissolve into the water, and it's going to flow in, and there'll be kindness in the fruit. If Mm -hmm. there's love in my heart, there'll be love in the fruit. Sometimes people do something for you, but it doesn't feel. Yeah. Because the fruit may have been there, but wasn't nutritious. Did have the good stuff in it. So when the Bible talks about fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, yeah, patience. Those are nutrients. Yes, that need to be in the fruit. Yes, wow. 
it's it's a, it's a whole it's so different than we've thought because yeah. we've seen ourselves as broken up in pieces. Yes. But we're meant to flourish as gardens. And when we understand that we will take care of our emotional lives first. We will be patient with ourselves and we'll take care of our bodies too because you can't mm-hmm. distinguish your body from your emotional life. Mm-hmm. The soil that Jesus called the heart is the same soil that we were made from. Yes. Yes. There's no way around this. He made us this way. Yeah. And so for me, as I began to study this and, and God showed me this about gardens, then I had to challenge myself. Am I growing what I'm designed to grow? Wow. And I found that we're designed to grow relationships. We're designed to grow purpose. We're designed to grow legacy. And I'm good with I purpose and legacy. legacy oh, oh, love. Wow. That was that was so good in the book to read about legacy. Are we even thinking about right, right? Right. Are we even thinking about right. it? But for me, relationships was a little bit more challenging. Yeah. I'm naturally deeply introverted. I, mm-hmm. I I was like I'm good, and then trauma yeah. made me extra good to be by yeah. myself. Yeah. And so I began to pursue relationship in a different way because my Bible said that I would be more well. Mm this way. Yes. And man, it ended up being true. Yeah. And so I have developed this relationship with my emotions. They were it was not always like this. Yeah. I wasn't a hugger. I wasn't a crier. I was the cool, calm, scientific one. And now, man, sometimes I'm like, was this a mistake? (laughs) But it's good. It's good because it's how he made us to function. And many of us are on healing journeys, but we treat the destination as when we're out of pain. That's not the destination. Oh, boy. The destination is flourishing garden. So how much can I flourish more, plant more, be what he designed me to be? Not just that I'm out of pain, but Mm -hmm. that I am flourishing. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I found my way here. But it's so worth it. I especially with this surgery thing, I I didn't Uh listen to my body for Mm -hmm. for a long time, which is kind of how we have you shared that. Um, no. Tell that. Yeah. Somebody needs to hear that. Yeah. I mean, the the <laughs> saddest part of the story is I told a medical professional a while ago that I thought something was wrong mm. and I, I was told not to worry. Mm. And so then as my body kept changing and trying to tell me mm-hmm. something was wrong, I didn't believe it. Mm. Because I thought... Well, I was told this wasn't a thing, so this is my fault. Yeah. Why am mm. I? Why is this thing growing in me, and and changing my shape? This mm. is my fault, literally. And so now they were on, once it got revealed that it wasn't my fault, that my body was growing a foreign thing. I think about my emotions, and mm. I think about my body, and it feels like there's a mistrust mm-hmm. that my. It, I don't know if this is gonna make any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. But it feels like I don't know when my body's going to trust me again. Ooh. Because it was trying to tell me and I wasn't listening. And so will you talk about how do we how do we heal that relationship between yeah. our emotions and our body? I'm I'm wor- worried less about my body responding to my emotions and I'm worried more that I have broken this mm. trust. Has that trust was that trust present before or do you have a longer history of not yeah longer history probably I think I think I felt like I was on this journey I've been on a good and it's really funny because we I just had a book that celebrated its 10th anniversary so I pulled all these pictures from 10 years ago which was the month after I started therapy my face looks so different Mm. I can see how healthier I am. Not about shape or size, but mm-hmm. I can just see my eyes are different. Mm-hmm. My face is different mm-hmm. from doing the work. So I can see the journey. But then this thing happens and you go like, 
man, I thought we were on, I thought we all trusted each other in here. <laughs> and so it's almost like this new onion mm-hmm, layer mm-hmm. of distrust mm-hmm. that has my emotions going, well, I don't know what to do. Like, I think that's been it. Dr. Phillips says my emotions have gone like, I don't know what to do because the body wasn't trusted. And I tried to tell you. So now how do we feel anything? Mm-hmm. Well, your emotions are also your body. Right. Right. You know, also, so let's not think of them separately. Separate, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, your emotions are also your body. So there's a, there was probably when we can feel more than one thing at a time and we've been trained that there are voices outside of us that we should trust more than our own. I know. And doctors are one of them. Yeah. And pastors can be one of them. And in some cultures, men versus women. And whose voice do we trust and trust more than our own? And so in one area, you had an emotion that said something's wrong. And then in another area, maybe some fear to challenge the doctor. Maybe some fear that something's wrong. And so I want to believe the doctor. There's all these different feelings that are going on. But even now in your emotions, that's still your body. So... It's okay. Your body wants to grieve. Let it grieve. Uh, yeah. Your body wants to grieve. Let it grieve. Um, allow that to flow through. They're not separate. Yeah. They're not separate. They are yeah. one and the same. And we have been taught that our bodies are something else. Yeah. Something that we're right. managing. That's something right. that we're trying to make smaller or stronger yeah. or whatever. And so when I talk about loving on your body, very often women are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get more exercise or I'm yeah. going to eat that's not Spa. what I mean. I'm going to get a massage. Yeah. I'm well, take I, a long I'm bath. down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down for that. Take a long bath. Taste something good. Like put on lotion that smells good. Like actually be nice to your body. Yeah. It's not just about disciplining it and beating it to death. Yeah. Um, your body is you. And I think yeah. if we strive to see our body as us, first of all, it brings up a lot of things because yes. people have separated that for their identity's purpose if there's something they don't like about their body. But how are you going to live with something a person you don't like all the time. All the time. I know. Tell I teenage Annie, how did listen, she do it? Listen, how? I don't know how she did it. Yeah. I'm how? Like, how? I'm, uh, me, and, me and about to turn 50-year-old Anita are having yeah. some real conversations yes. about this because yes. I'm I'm like taking selfies now and just staring at them. <laughs> hey, girl. Yeah. I doing see, what with it? Hey, accepting. Yeah. S- determining that I'm okay with her, that I love her. Yes. Wrinkle. Hey, wrinkle. Oh, yeah. Lord. You catch that one picture with the big smile and you're like, is my entire face a wrinkle at this point? When did right. this happen? Right. So I'm doing just deliberate work to not to reject. Because the Bible talks about happening to spirit, What's happening? soul, body, right? So it talks about them as separate. And yet it's one because we're a plant that our heart's the soil. We need the water. Right. But it's one. And that one body is aging. It's completely interdependent. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. And we have to figure out when the the one part that everyone sees is the part that changes and the part that is not eternal. It's not. But it's not. But it is. Because this work's not finished until the resurrection of our bodies. The Bible says that. Right. We You're forget right. that. Right. Our bodies are the bookends of this story. Wow. We are divinely created in Eden. And then the Bible says that after Jesus returns, whether you're pre-post-trib, we're not going to get into yeah. all that. But <laughs> whether you somewhere, in rapture or somewhere not. <laughs> when it's all over, mm-hmm. that our bodies would be restored and we would receive an incorruptible body. Jesus' work wasn't finished until that happened, until he put on a body, had it ripped to shreds, had it resurrected and touched yeah this ain't over till the body is back 
to the state it was in creation. The body is a bookend in this story, and we treat it as this disposable rag. But it meant so much to God to return to its original state, the one he created in the first Mm. place. And so we ought to love our bodies as much as he does. He calls them temples. It's where he wants to live. It's where he wants to live. Yes, he did not say, I'm coming to live in your spirit. He He said, I'm coming to live in your body. I sow the seeds on your heart. I live in your body. There is nowhere that it talks about living in our minds. Jesus doesn't want to live in your mind. Yeah. So why do we receive Jesus in our heart and then we want to go live in our mind? That's not even where he is. Listen, how do you do that? How do you say sentences like that? How? <laughs> Receive that Jesus in your heart and then you. live your life in your mind. What are you doing? Oh, that's it. That's it. It's where I, where I have the fear of if if this 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 pool feels too deep, mm-hmm. if we go into it and Jesus goes, but that is actually where I live. That's actually where he lives. Where your live. heart is the holy of holies in the temple that is your body. Wow. It's the deepest inner court. Yes. It's the deepest place. And that is Eden was the original sanctuary. That's why when Solomon built the temple, he decorated there's with pl- plants and carvings and flowers. The, the, the menorah is an almond tree. It's all mm-hmm. a replay of Eden. Mm-hmm. That was God's original sanctuary where he walked with people and yeah. talked with people, with the first people. Your heart is that space. Yes. Your heart is the garden planted in Eden. That's where God wants to meet you. And so for many of us, and it sounds like for you, it's what if time. Mm-hmm. It's if I never time. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where we get jammed up. This is something that matters so much to me. I want to get married. I want to have children. I want to start a business. I want to buy a home. I want to move. Mm-hmm. I want to do all these big things that women often want to do. And they don't see it as necessarily possible. They're losing hope. Mm-hmm. They may still have faith, but you're losing hope. And hope starts as a feeling. Hope is a feeling. Wow. It's a feeling. It's yeah. what we feel. Faith says it's possible. Hope says it's possible for me. It's the feeling that's possible for me. Mm-hmm. And hope wow. does begin as a feeling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then it flows. You can feel it in your stomach. You feel yeah, it. Yeah, when you have hope, if you, I, I feel it in my stomach. You I don't know where it. People it, might feel it in their stomach. They yeah. might feel it as a flutter around their heart. Yeah. But you do feel it. Yeah. And we have to stop stripping emotion out of scripture. Mm-hmm. We want to make hope a mindset. We want to make joy a reflection of the strength we have. That's right. You know, That's we right. want to... Uh, That's right. It makes they, me nuts. We want like, love. Joy is not happiness. Joy is I'm not like, happiness. It can be. It's strength. Love is an action. <laughs> but it starts as a feeling, Daggett. Yes, yes. Stop it. Stop uh, making the Bible this place where emotions don't exist. And stop trying to use the Bible as an excuse for you not having the emotional experiences that you want. Mm. And Christians who say you should not care about yourself. Oh my gosh! And you, you shouldn't care about yourself. You care, you should about, care about your feelings. You yes, know, it's that makes me nuts. It doesn't when they're like, sense. "Don't don't love yourself." I'm like, Jesus literally said, "Love others like you love yourself." Literally. That's literally what he didn't literally. say. Love others like you love your parents. Love others like you love your dog. Love others like you love God. He said, "Love others like you love you." Yep. And then Christians try to say, "Don't." You shouldn't love yourself. Ooh, no. Listen, your relationship with yourself. Is one of the three critical areas of relationship. Oh, that is that part. I can't wait for people to get to that part because when you go like, "This That's is it. you," and then others, and then God. Yep, your relationship you with yourself, yeah. others, and God. Yeah, we have to nurture all areas of the garden in that way. You got to care about you. Yes, and if you don't, let's talk about why not. Yeah, what lessons Beautiful. did you learn? What message did you get? 
Yeah. Who told you that? Yeah. It wasn't okay. Or what experience did you have? I, I talk about an experience that I had as a kid where I made an honest mistake and I was punished really harshly for it. Mm-hmm. Changed me. Yeah. Nobody said people only love you when you're good. But I absorbed those words as the lesson mm-hmm. and the perfectionism that that created. Yes. Good Lord. The health that it stole from me for years. Yes. And so we bring that. We bring our pain, we bring our misconceptions, we bring those hurts, and we look for scriptures that allow us to keep them. And so I went from perfectionism to spiritual excellence, do everything to the glory of God, you know, give me a break. It was me trying to hide out and not deal with the fear that said, will I be loved when I'm not perfect? And then to give myself the opportunity to find out that I would be Mm. and to see what that felt like, Mm. to not quote how fearfully and wonderfully made I am, to be loved and allow God to love me and my not fearfully, wonderfully parts. Yeah. It's so much more powerful for me to receive that when I'm feeling less worthy than it, mm-hmm. than to feel like I earned something. Yes, That's right. Because when you earn it, you're like, well, I did it. I did it. You now, know what I mean? Now we get to do it again. And That's the only way I'll ever feel this again is if I do this if, again. If I do this again. And exactly. That is, that is not love. And so we try to produce fruit, fruit, fruit. Yeah. Um, or we try to gather it. Yeah. We try to gather all the fruit we can, but we aren't growing it necessarily. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, and that's why we get burned out. Yeah. Because we're trying to make some things happen instead of allowing some things to happen. Yes. And we can do all of that by nurturing where we are emotionally. Mm-hmm. Fear nourishes weeds, thoughts that are painful, thoughts that we don't want. In order to kind of heal from that, you can't just think about something different. That's a big Christian fail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Take these thoughts captive. So we're trying to like think about something else, think about mm-hmm. something else, think mm-hmm. about something else. But if your heart is fertile for it, it will grow again. So I want you to pull the weed. But I also need to treat the soil. You got to turn the soil. I was literally just thinking, I have to. I just don't turn the soil enough. That's my uh, you problem. You know what I mean? I can pull up weeds we like a professional up, Christian, right? We I can do. pull the weeds up, but I don't turn the soil. I don't put new fertilizer in. You got to do that because the seeds for the next batch of weeds is down in the soil dormant. And I'm cracking up. You say, and some people feel their feelings in their heart, and some people feel it in their stomach. I'm like, I have never felt a feeling in my heart. Ah, <laughs> I need to pay. It you is don't always feel in my stomach. Okay, but that's yeah. okay. Everybody's yeah, feeling like, the same uh, way. I need to. <laughs> I need to turn the soil. Everything is not the same for everybody. But when we feel that stuff going on in our stomach, our autonomic nervous system is busy. That sympathetic nervous system is moving. The parasympathetic nervous system is moving. And a little known fact, that 90% of the serotonin in your body is actually produced in your gut. Wow. Not your brain. Wow. 90% of the serotonin in your body is produced in your gut. It's what you know versus what you know. (laughs) Right. And that's where our knowing really is coming from. It's coming from that gut space. Our beliefs are coming from our emotional space, our body space, not our mind. Mm -hmm. That's why you don't believe everything you hear. Mm -hmm. And that's why you can sit down and tell someone all these basic facts and and they believe your facts, sort of. Yeah. But they still don't change uh, listen, what they the really people, believe. It's why they don't break up with the guy when they right. know all the stats. Because you're like, I've told you. Listen, it's why I still have situationships <laughs> that don't get correctly rendered. Is because I hear y'all. I hear y'all. But, but my heart. But my heart. <laughs> but unfortunately. <laughs> but my heart. And that's, that's why right. people think, oh, well, the heart is bad because I'm not using my mind. I'm using my heart. And if you would get in touch with your needs. Mm-hmm. See, we do have a need for connection. Mm-hmm. I do need relationship. But that doesn't mean I need you. Oh, gosh. And if you were clearer 
on the need. I need yes. relationship. I need connection. Yes. I need to, to feel seen and known and understood. We confuse the need for those things with who's meeting the need right now. And so we're like, my heart is leading me astray because uh-huh. it's making me think I need that guy. Uh-huh. No, uh-huh. your heart is telling you what you need and it's freaking out because it's needs not even actually getting really met by this yes. situation. Yes. And so I do need connection, but baby, I might not need you. Yeah. <laughs> we just need everyone to know you also have a podcast. I so do. they can go to you and hear <laughs> In the Light with Dr. Anita. So everybody needs to know that this is this is a taste of what we get in the book yes. and in your podcast. Yes, yes. Is there anything we didn't say about the book you want Gosh, to I don't even begin to know. I this book, I mean this from the depth of my heart. It's meant to change your life and it will. And I, I say that with no arrogance. I say that You're right. Because this revelation changed me. I'm just delivering the message. Yes. And the battle and warfare that came into my life in the two years of birthing this lets me know the enemy does not want you to know this. Mm -hmm. He wants you to live in your head, Mm -hmm. but you were meant to live in your heart. That's why he pulled Eve's attention to what her mind could do. Oh, you'll know good and evil like God. He got her into her head Mm -hmm. and out of her heart Mm -hmm. where the word was hidden. And so I need you to grab this book and I want men and women to read it. But my special heart for women is that we don't trust ourselves enough. Yes. Our, our hearts, our bodies, our gut. Yes. And I want you to gain confidence mm-hmm. in that inner voice mm-hmm. in every way. So, yeah. I, I've I had the book for a couple of weeks. And you and I, I think we had to reschedule. Did we over yeah, the surgery? Yeah, we played around right. a little bit there. So, yeah. I mean, th- this is the proof for our friends listening. Today is the day you're meant to hear about this book. Mm. Because this week was the week I was meant to read this. Because mm. now I drive right after this to my college town mm. where I'm speaking at the college ministry. Where, I, like, my college town is where, like, so much of my faith was solidified. Mm. And so I'm about to go sit in the place 20 years ago where that happened and I needed to read this first. Wow. So for our friends listening, today is the day you are meant to read The Garden Within. You need to go get it. So the book comes out tomorrow, and it is the day. I mean, if you're hearing this and you're feeling anything that I'm feeling, today's the day. Because mm-hmm. you're right. Books land in hands on the day they're meant they to land meant. in hands. And so this is September a 19th is the day that this book is meant to land in people's hands. I believe this is a shift for the body of Christ. Yeah. I believe this is the next Revival. Yes. Because when the soil gets good, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Stop us then. That's going to be it. Try to stop us Try me then. then. Try That's going to gonna be power. Um, we <laughs> normally have a fun little ending, but I would love if you would pray for us. Yeah. Can we end with you just praying for us, for our friends that. listening and for for this journey? A lot of times I say to people, this is your book club book, and this could be a great book club book. Mm. This is your sit in your quiet time. <laughs> Yeah. And read. You got to read every page of this uh, because this you. is a journey we need to be on. And so everybody needs to get a handful of copies to give their people, but it's okay if you need to read it alone. <laughs> yeah, I'd love for people <laughs> to okay. do both. Right. That's yeah, right. And read, talk, and I then needed connect. to talk to you about it. Yeah. I needed to talk to someone about it. If you wouldn't have been coming in, my coworkers would have heard about <laughs> it. So, but yeah, will you pray for us? I'd love to. Yeah. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Yes. Thank you that we have a high priest Mm -hmm. who is absolutely moved by how we feel and that he is praying for us from that space because he knows how we feel. Thank you that we are allowed to come boldly before your throne in our time of need. God, help us to need so we don't miss the chance to be boldly helped. Father, I thank you for leading 
every person under the sound of my voice into their prayer closet in tears, in fury, and in fear that they would bring their uncut, unadulterated emotion right into your presence because that's why you sent Jesus to make that possible. Father, lead them into the relationships where their emotions are safe and where they can share from their hearts, Father God. Touch their hearts and allow the soil to be moved (laughs) with all of the feelings. We come against the fear of fear, (laughs) Father, the fear of feelings, that we would touch this most powerful place in our hearts, that our lives would be completely changed, that our spirits will be stronger, that our minds will be renewed, and that our bodies will be healthier because we began living from the heart nursing and nourishing the garden that we were designed to be. Thank you for answering our questions on the day of creation. I ask you to open this book up to everyone listening to get the answer they need. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, you guys, isn't she the best? She's the best. Uh, Thank you for participating in my counseling session. I got a DM the other day where someone said, can you tell me what counseling is like? That's what counseling is like. But truly, I'm just so grateful for her kindness and her thoughtfulness. And, And really, you want Dr. Anita's voice in your life. I mean, she is just... She is that loving and generous and wise and direct. Also on her podcast, In the Light, I really suggest y'all add that to the ones you're subscribed to and listen. And go grab a copy of The Garden Within. Listen, as I said on the show, it's the one you want to sit with quietly and the one you want to talk with your group about. So I highly recommend The Garden Within. Do you hear the difference in my voice? Go get The Garden Within. And make sure you're following Dr. Anita on social media. Tell her thank you so much for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And don't forget, you can find the That Sounds Fun podcast with lots of extra fun reels and content on Instagram at That Sounds Fun Podcast. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, you know this, celebrating my book launch. I always celebrate the night before the book comes out, and tomorrow is the day. So speaking of, we've got a special episode coming tomorrow as we launch. So happy to know you get this. The illustrator, Jenny Poe, is sitting down with us, as well as our mini BFF leader, Taylor Ann. She is our captain of all things mini BFF and Katie on our team. It's important that Katie's there because Katie also has a book coming out called You Can Trust. So we talk about that. We talk about so happy to know you. It is such a fun episode. You are going to love it. So we're going to talk all the behind the scenes of a kid's book launch and why this book matters so much to me. So I can't wait for y'all to listen. We'll see you back here tomorrow.